This is Bucket Talk, a weekly podcast for people who work in the trades and construction that aren't just trying to survive, but have the ambition and desire to thrive. The opportunity in the trades and construction is absolutely ridiculous right now. So if you're hungry, it's time to eat. We discuss what it takes to rise from the bottom to the top with people who are well on their way and roll up their sleeves every single day. All right, this episode of Bucket Talk, we're here with Luke McFadden. Luke has the boat, the fishing vessel Southern Girl out of Maryland. Luke, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. So, seeing, I'm fascinated with your content. Um, not only are you a awesome crab fisherman, but you do a lot of stuff to your boat yourself, uh, from maintenance to just upkeep painting, scraping, and you are hilarious in, in what you do. Um, but I'd like to get a little background on how you got into the industry um, and and what you do on a daily basis. So go go as far back as you can. Uh, I mean, I, I've always I've always really liked the water. I've grown up here in Pasadena, Maryland. Um, so I've been in, you know, close proximity to the water pretty much my whole life. Uh, my dad, you know, he got me, my biological father, he got me into like the outdoors and fishing and everything. I uh, grew up with, you know, my mom and stepdad who were really not into the outdoors and any of that. But, uh, you know, I caught the bug from a young age, just hunting, fishing, being outside. And uh, man, I, I always want to be a crabber. I don't know why. Even like we didn't even know anybody that was a crabber when I decided I wanted to. I had seen some pictures of watermen. I just uh, I always really thought it was fascinating, you know, that uh, it was kind of like hunting and fishing, my two favorite things. Right. And then being your own boss and uh, all that kind of stuff, you know, early on. I like the industriousness of it, uh, you know, doing it on kind of a commercial scale and all that. Uh, and I was 11, bought my first boat, bought like a little eight foot row boat out of the penny saver for 175 bucks from like cutting grass and stuff. <laughs> uh, and my grandmother got me a set of feather light five foot oars for Christmas and I was off to the races. I was, uh, I actually had to build a little like dolly cause we didn't live on the water. We lived near it. I had to build a little dolly out of my parents' trash can wheels that would slip over the transom of the boat so I could carry the boat down to the end of the street. And then I cut the neighbor's grass and then they let me launch the boat. Um, so, you know, that's how I, I got I, really the grassroots, I guess, of getting into it. Um, and then I, a little bit later, I, my, you know, my parents had had a friend that was a crabber uh, who ended up basically becoming my mentor. His name's CJ. He, do, he has a YouTube channel as well called FV Miss Paula. He's on all the platforms. Uh, and a little more informational uh, kind of content on crab and like a deeper dive into the actual industry. Very interesting. You guys ought to have him on if you have a chance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I started, you know, I got a job working with him, working crew, working in the yard, uh, working on crab pots. I was just, I was, I was wanting to do just anything that had to do with it. I was just like, I was into it, the whole deal, you know, and it didn't matter really what I was getting paid or not or whatever. I just wanted to be involved. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, from the time I was 12 till 18, I basically worked for him in the summers on and off, you know, learning kind of just by being there. And when I was 18, I had moved out of my parents' house like two months after I turned 18, uh, and just decided I was going grabbing. I had bought like a boat, like, a basically the hull, 
Uh, it was a 32-foot plywood and glass boat, really mostly mulch and fiberglass. <laughs> and I was working in a granite shop making countertops in the wintertime. And I would go work on this boat after work. And I worked on it all winter. I put in a floor, replaced stringers, built a cabin, got the motor running, uh, the whole everything. And then launched the boat. CJ sold me like 200 crab pots, kind of on the conditions of like, pay me back when you can. And it was an absolute disaster. Horrible, total, epic failure for about five years. But the first couple years were really just a mess. I mean, I lost more money. I was working to have money to go crabbing because I, you know, I just didn't know anything, yeah. you know, you know, mo crabbing is traditionally here a generational kind of occupation. You know, your dad did it, your, his great, your grandfather did it, you know, so there's not quite as much barrier to entry typically. And there's also, you know, you just kind of grow up with it, you know, and it's an incredibly complicated business and, you know, just even just getting out there and doing it is really hard. Um, and, you know, so it was, I, I worked on, I, I just got up and got after it every day. And basically the, you know, the definition of insanity just did the same thing over and over till you get a different result. But, um, yeah, it, it took me, it took me a good, like probably four or five years, I'd say to, to really even just kind of get my feet under me. Um, you know, and then I, uh, sold the widow and I bought the Southern girl. Um, and then that's kind of when it changed for me, you know, kind of a little bit of mindset, a little bit of everything where it was like, all right, this is, this is your last chance. Like, you know, all the eggs are in one basket. Like there's no other options. You know, I kind of, change my mindset is like, this is your only option. Like you have no plan B. This is it. This is, you either make this work or you, there's no option not to make this work. You know what I mean? So I was like, this is what I do and I'm going to do it till I get it. And, you know, just went after it and, uh, you know, kind of led me one thing led to another and I'm kind of, you know, here I am. So that's wild. Um, it's actually funny that you say that cause, uh, you, you, you see some of these motivational guys, the entrepreneurs on, on all different platforms. And, uh, one of the things that they say, which I've never actually heard anybody say it before other than you is you can't have a plan B. If you have a plan B, then most likely you'll fail. And exactly. <laughs> and That's totally how I look at it. I'm not kidding. People ask me like, what would you do if you weren't crabbing or, you know, if you don't want nothing, I, I've never considered it because, if you, even in the back of your mind, for me, if I consider a plan B or, or a something, you know, you're never going to get, you're never going to truly be 110% committed to plan A, you know? Yeah, no. I mean not, that's not a healthy mentality necessarily. <laughs> and it's not, doesn't work for everybody. But for me, I'm a dumb, hard-headed son of a gun. And, you know, so I need to basically, I, I, I say like my motto is be too dumb to quit sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what kept you going in the, in like the first couple of years of, and I shouldn't say failure because, you know, failure to some is, is just growing and learning and, and every, um, every scenario has an outcome and you learn from it. So, um, as long as you continue to learn, there is no such thing as failure. But still, it must have been a tough time for you, um, probably working two jobs at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I was doing whatever I could here and there. I was working at the marina where I tied up at to help with the slip fee. I was, 
you know, I was doing pretty much anything. And then all the, you know, all through the winter, I would be working as well, um, doing any, anything I really could. I used to buy and sell cars and fix any, you know, anything I, whatever. But yeah, basically I was working to fund my crabbing habit, you know, but, uh, I don't know. I, I have, I, I keep, I, I put really high expectations on myself, but I also, you know, there, there had been some people that, stuck their neck out for me. And, you know, I had seen some, some people that had kind of like believed in me here and there, you know what I mean? And, you know, I didn't want to let myself down. I couldn't let them down. I I just, and I was just so driven to do it. I was like, I've, I've been, I've worked so hard to get here. Like every day it was like, when every day is so hard to get through, it's like the next day you're like, you know, I, I just, I work that much harder to get to tomorrow, you know? So it's like, you can't just, you can't just give up, yeah. you know? Like, and, and the way I kind of saw it was like, other people can do it. They're, we're all human, you know? Like, you can do it too. Like, like figure it out. There's a way, obviously there's a way to make this work because other people can make this work. Like you just need to figure it out. You know so what I mean? That's cool. So you, you essentially fully immersed yourself into the lifestyle. Like you didn't half-ass it. Um, you wouldn't have learned or, or gained the resources or the network to, to help you out, obviously, you know, from crab pots to boats to engines to help slips, what you name it. Um, you got to have a good network. So that being there 110% every day was the key to the, the key to the success that you have today. But was there one specific instance that you wanted to just hang it up? There was a lot of instances. I do remember one time, my poor parents, I was having a horrible, horrible time. I mean, I was in a bad, you know, I was young, you know, I was like 18, 19, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was hard headed. I was in financial danger, basically, <laughs> uh, constantly. Um I was not in a good headspace, you know, just in general, life was weird at the time. I just remember like being out there and I, I I kept running over my own gear. So I like you have buoys and I kept running over my own buoys with the boat. And I remember I had run over six of my own floats And, and you know, every time you run over, you have to jump overboard, swim under the boat and cut it out. And it, it can take forever. I mean, it could take like an hour. And I, I used to work by myself. It was not safe. Yeah. You know, uh, it, you know and, and I just had enough. I just snapped. I mean, I was mentally broken, you know, emotionally, physically exhausted, broken. And I, I, I'm not proud of it at all. But like, you know, I called my, my, my parents on the phone and I was just like, I can't do this. Like, I just basically lost it, you know. I was like, I, I can't, this, this isn't going to work. You know, I was so mad. I used to have a real hot temper and, uh, I remember r- ripping the door off of the hinges of the cabin of my boat, smashing the gaff, everything on the boat went overboard. I was just, I mean, that was, that was, that was rock bottom, man. You know, uh, it, like close to it, at least, you know, in that time, it was yeah. like, I mean, it was absolute, utter, complete failure. I mean, that boat was a disaster that it was constantly breaking down that, that first boat that I had, it sank like four times. I mean, it was, so it was not only that I was having a hard time crabbing and the steep learning curve and everything else, all my equipment was junk. 
you know, I, I was starting from the bottom. My market where you sell crabs was horrible. I had all the bottom of the barrel markets. You know, guys were stealing crab pots and crabs. And, you know, it, it, it was like they were all trying to get me to quit. And, you know, everything in my life at that time was fighting me. And I was, you know, I was a 18, 19 year old guy, you know, how that, you know, we're not, that had moved out right after turn 18. I was just, you know, I, it was a bad, it was, a, it was just a weird time in life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that, and then, you know, the reason I ended up getting rid of the other boat, getting the Southern girl was I got caught in a really, really bad storm. And, uh, basically cracked the boat that I had in half, like real, real bad October storm. The weather here in October gets real sketchy real quick. And yeah. it started blowing up a, a big, it was a slick calm day. I remember, and it picked up a real bad nor'easter out of nowhere. And I was in a bad spot for it. And, uh, that really scared me good. You know, that was really, that the one on Halloween when it started to snow? No, no. Not here. Uh, it was just a, I don't remember what year it was even, yeah. but it was a real bad storm. And my boat actually caught fire uh, in that storm because one of the, you know, it had a wet exhaust. So the exhaust gas would go down through some tubes. Yep. I had a coupler and the coupler broke. Uh, actually, the water pump had burned up something. So the raw water pump or something burned up. So the manifolds didn't get cooled. Yep. And then just to get the boat getting so beat, it cracked one of the, the uh, exhausts like couplers. So water was coming in the boat. I remember I cut the sleeve off of my sweatshirt and took a hammer and jammed that handle in with the sweatshirt into the hole. And, you know, and then as a result, the exhaust gas was in the wooden motor box and then it, that caught fire. Um, that was horrible. It scared me so bad. I mean, it, you know, it scared me good. How'd, as you, pull, children, you, know? how'd you pull yourself out of that? We just got in. I mean, I literally had the rate, the VHF on like, uh, 16, 16. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I wasn't an experienced captain either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and I had two people, one of my best friends on the boat was helping me and another guy at the time. And, you know, it was, it was genuinely really scary at the time. I wonder now if I were to be in that situation, what it would feel like because you know, the boat's different. I have different experience, but I mean, it, it was a, definitely not a good situation. And, and, until then, that was had you know that was definitely the worst situation I had been in. So it was scary for me, very jarring, uh, you know. And that was like basically that was the same like time frame that I kind of had like lost it. I was trying to wrap up that crab season. I was really not in a good spot, and uh, you know it was kind of like all right, you either need to like all the signs are here. You either need to hang it up and move on, or you need to you know, play a big hand and, and make it work. And so, you know, that's kind of, you know, when I got the boat, everything, my mentality kind of changed because before, you know, fishing crab, commercial fishing is a lifestyle, you know, crabbing. And, you know, I wasn't in the mindset, you know, like I said, I was a nine, 18, 19 year old guy and I was just doing everything. You know, I was like, I wanted to go, you know, out of the boat with my friends and go drink and go, you know, party and do whatever and stay out and, and, and whatever. And you can't do that. Like if you're really going to make it work, it's a lifestyle that you have to commit to. Like when your friends are down the ocean and, and on the beach and on vacation, you know, you can't do that. 
You know, that that's not you. If you're a crabber, you have a certain amount of months, you have a time frame to make your whole living. And if you know, you don't, you're not committed to it. You're not married to it. You know, it's just never going to work. All or uh, nothing. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of made all those switches and it cost me, man. It was all, that was a whole nother, it, was, it felt like I started all over, you know, it was like, I lost relationships over it. Um, all kinds of stuff just because it was like, you no, know, I'm like, I'm married to this one thing. I was just like one track just beyond, you know, it, it was either going to work or not. You know what I mean? There, there was no option. It was, that was the only option was to make it work, you know? So- so one of the things that resonated with me was you were talking about how you were hot-headed and now you're a little bit calmer and cooler, a little bit more collected nowadays and and it resonated with me because I felt like I was in the same same scenario when I was growing up and just the different things from you know when I was in the Coast Guard fires and and just machinery not performing the way you want it to perform and constant breaking down and you name it. Same, same with the automotive industry, just a job not going the right way. Mm -hmm. Um, but now I'm at the farm. Now I expect things to go bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I take a breath, step back, assess it and then tackle it. And that shift in my mindset as like, why does everything go wrong to now anticipating it going wrong Mm -hmm. has made it a little bit. Don't get me wrong. It's, shit's going to break shit's going to wear down shit's not going to go right and i've come to accept that and it's made my life a little bit easier anticipating the next breakage or having the right parts on hand or the tools on hand or the know-how or knowledge to do things um do you think that's one of the keys to your success is being able to step back look at it with a cooler head and and be able to tackle whatever it is yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I kind of realized my my first shift in mindset was I remember I kept breaking. I would get pissed and I'd break these gaffs, you know, like that you used <laughs> yeah. over the rail. And I'm like, you idiot. Like, I remember CJ, kind of the guy who became kind of my mentor, was like, how, he was like, how many times are you going to do that? He was like, how much are those gaffs? I was like, 40 bucks. He was like, how much did you make today, Crab? And I was like, negative 200. He's like, you just made negative 240, dumbass. Like, he's like, every time you do that, he was like, you're costing yourself more money that you're already not making. He was like, he was like, I used to do the same thing. And then I realized, like, it's just one more battle to fight, you know? And then that kind of progressed into, like, you know, it's going to suck and you're just going to have to do it. And you can either fight the problem and yourself or you can just, try to fight the problem. But don't get me wrong. You know, I'm human, right? And, you know, everybody can still have a little bit of hot temper. Like, I, you know, I still get lose my patience with stuff. I can't always step back and, you know, assess the situation and go in and just methodically fix it. Like, yeah. a lot of times I can, especially now with social media and everything, it makes that process a lot easier. In some ways, it makes it a whole lot harder. In other ways, we can talk about later. But, um, yeah, it's definitely... You know, I tell a young guy, you know, guys or young guys, I'm like, listen, you can make this a lot harder on yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And by throwing a tantrum about it, basically, you know. So things changed around for you a little bit with the new boat. Um, what were some of the keys to success to getting you out of this slump and into really making money and uh, progressing in your trade? Um 
to where you are now? Man, you know, success is sort of, you know, objective, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I, I would, I mean, I guess because I can keep going and the business has grown and whatever you could call it success, successful, you know, I certainly do not view where I am as like anywhere close to have made it, you yeah. know. Um, but I mean, you know, it just kind of, you know, the different mindset, that was the biggest thing. And kind of just wanting to be kind of better myself. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to do better. I wanted to be able to do a little better for myself. I wanted to, um, you know, I don't know. I didn't want to let anybody down. I don't want to let myself down, you know? Um, and I had already been through so much hell to kind of get to where I was, you know, it was like, and I just kind of made the decision. It was like, you know what, this is going to work that you just, you, you, this is what you do. And you're going to eat, sleep, breathe, you know, succeed and suffer grabbing <laughs> until, until it, it, it starts going in the right direction, you know? So you touched a little bit on it, social media, obviously, you know, I'm very aware of your channel and it's, if you don't follow him, please do. Cause it is, it's fun to watch. Um, how did that have a role in, in where you are today? Is was that kind of two separate paths? Did the paths come together and now you got more resources, more help, uh, more visibility or, um, cause I know you've talked about selling crabs or even getting rid of boats or, or whatever you had to do. Um, was that, was that a tool for you and a resource or was that something completely different that you had to manage? Well, I mean, I kind of ha happened into social media sort of by accident um, at, at the very first. And then I kind of realized like, man, this could be a great tool for business. You know, it's, it's all at our disposal and there was room in the market. You know, there's no other crab guys on the internet. Like yeah. be the biggest fish in the smallest pond is what I tell people, you know yeah. what I mean? At yeah. least to, to get a foothold. Um, you know, when I, when I was crabbing even before social media, the, my, just the way the industry's going in my eyes and everything, the goal is to uh, get more money for the crabs you can catch. And the way to do that is to not sell wholesale necessarily, um, is to sell direct to customer in yeah. some capacity. So I had always had that trajectory to where I was always working to, you know, try to get the business to where I could sell direct to customer. And then social media, you know, I kind of was like, well, you know, hey, you could give it a shot. You know what I mean? Like, this is a great tool. You can get it in front of so many people. You know, I, I really just wanted to sell more grabs, you know, yeah. so this kind of started like I was like, man, if I could like kind of shift this social media thing to my business. You know, that could be huge. Yeah. And uh, so kind of the same gig. I, I just kind of started easing into more content related to my industry and whatever at first, you know, crabbing and whatever. Um, and treat it like a job, just like I did crabbing. You know, I was like, you got to you know grind on it, give it 110 and you're probably not going to make any money or there's probably not going to be many upsides to it. It's just going to be sort of a thorn in your side with a steep learning curve for a long time. <laughs> and, I, you know, that was correct. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just, you know, treat it like part of the job. It's it's part of your job now, you know, to to make content and, and, and whatever. And it's yeah. you know, in the long run, it has served me pretty well so far. 
And, you know, it actually gave me the ability to switch all to selling direct to customer. So it kind of worked. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing tool if used properly. So you, you touched on it when you uh, were given a little bit of your background, how, um, crabbing is generational. And I've seen that from tuna fishing, lobster fishing, you name it, anything in the fisheries industry, it goes back a long ways uh, within families. Now you had said you, you essentially emerged, uh, you essentially just like went headfirst into the industry and learned as much as you can. Um, could somebody else do that? Like if I was interested in becoming a crabber, um, were you just lucky or is this a way that, Hey, you know what? I want to be a crabber. How do I go about doing it? I'm going to go work at the boat yard. I'm going to start, um, picking up as a deckhand for one of these boats or, you know, help build rebuilding crab pots. Like, is that the way to go? Would you recommend this industry? I mean, it's, it's hard to say, uh, you know, in the industry, I just wrapped up my ninth year crab and even nine years ago, it was such a different industry. Yeah. You know, and I only know what I've seen and observed and done, but from what I can see, the industry is so much harder now even to get into than what it was. Just the barrier to entry financially is, I mean, unbelievably more than it was before. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Like, yeah. So I would assume obviously because everything has exploded in price that boat prices have gone up, fuel prices have gone up. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure gear is expensive now. And then there's shit that like people wouldn't even think of from safety equipment, you know, EPIRBs, life rafts, fucking all that shit. <laughs> it's got to be, it's got to be expensive. Help is one of the hardest. Help is one of the number one things that's, that's uh, cutting our industry, you know, thinning the herd in our industry right now. Really? Nobody wants to do it. No, it's, it's just work. You know, people just, it's a different, I think it's a little different mentality, you know, uh, people just don't want to uh, do that kind of work, you know, and I don't, I can't necessarily blame them, you know, it's, it's, it's hard work, you know, and it's seasonal. Yeah. Um, But I mean, now just to do just the price of equipment, you know, from four years ago to now it has literally doubled operating cost is double what it was. I mean, it cost me a thousand dollars a day just to leave the dock now. Uh, Of course I I run a three man crew and I pay them, you know, as well as I can. Uh, but it's a lot of expense, you know, uh, we, we're in a very, we're in an industry that's heavily, uh, you know, uh, dependent on commodity, basically, you know what I mean? Diesel fuel, metal to, uh, build crab pots and gear and, and yeah. boat, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So when the price of everything goes up, our price goes way up too. And, and, you know, it gets to a point where you can only get so much for a crab, you know, yeah. I mean, people are only going to pay so much for a crab, um, and if you're selling wholesale, you know, you're, you're at the market, you're at the mercy of the market. You know, we're like farmers. We don't set the price for our own product necessarily. Yeah. I do. I have a little more control because I sell direct to customer, but if you're selling to pick and house or wholesale or middleman, you know, you get told what you're going to get paid when you hit the dock. And so with the, with the rising price of, you know, overhead and the uncertainties in the industry, you know, with, and a lot of regulation that, uh, they've imposed on us in the last couple of years, man. I, you know, I'm, I would never say I don't recommend it, 
but it, it would be very hard. And, and I would suggest if you want to go get a job on a boat, working crew and treat it like you, like it's your business. Yeah. Care about it. Like it's your business. Like you have stock in the success of the business, you know, like, cause that's the only way you're even going to get close to a taste of what it would be like to be your own captain. Cause I tell you what, I work crew for a lot of years and it's does it's not even the same job. It's not even close to the same job as being a captain. The only similarities is that you're standing on the same boat. Uh, it's a different mindset. It's a different work ethic. It's a different, uh, you got to wear 15 hats when you're the captain and you deal with a million different things and you, you will never truly understand it until you're in that position. But the closest you could get is to be really like basically become that guy's right hand man, you know, yeah. like do all the extra, you know what I mean? Like, like, cause that, that's, what's going to, that's being a captain. That's what, what, what it's going to be like when you're a captain, you know, I got all of March and, and into April, all I do is write checks. You know what I mean? Like we spend $20,000 just to get gear overboard. Yeah. And I'm paying guys, I'm paying for fuel, I'm paying to get the boat hold, I'm, I'm doing work to everything, you know, like, and you're not getting any, I'm not making any money doing that. I'm just spending it. So, you know, if you could become somebody's like right hand man, there's a good chance nowadays, if you found a guy, he's probably going to let you run the boat. He probably wants to go home. It's a hard, it's a hard life, you know, it's hard on you. And most guys I know, you know, they're all piss and vinegar when they're my age, but dude, the average age of a commercial license holder in Maryland is 56 and 27. So there's a lot of opportunity. It's actually kind of a good way. If you want to get into it, you know, there's sort of an opportunity right now where a lot of these guys, the average age is really getting up there and they're, you know, they've lived hard lives being grabbers, you know? So a lot of guys I know are looking for people to hire on that are going to be good help, reliable, dependable, willing to learn. And man, I, I could name a bunch of guys I'm sure would, uh, you know, if you really stuck it out, would be willing to, you know, give you more opportunity, you know, than even I had when I was working crew. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, I mean, that's good insight. Uh, obviously tough life. Um, early mornings, late evenings, um, always, always on the boat, always thinking about it. Um, but outside of that, what is one of like your best successful moments or your, your happiest moment, uh, crabbing big hall. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, you probably have the example, but something that you were like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm feeling good about this. Uh, you know, I had a few, I had a few big days, um, you know, a few years ago when I was kind of starting to get a little more of the crabbing figured out, you know, like the actual kind of figuring out crabs a little bit and move being a little more strategic about where you're crabbing and how, and this and that. I definitely had some pretty good, pretty big days, uh, that I felt, you know, I felt pretty good about it. You know, You're smiling really, about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's different now because you know then I was selling to wholesale markets, yeah. and so like if I had big days, I was just pumped because all I did was drop. You know, I just drove the truck there, dropped them off, and got a check. Yeah. Now I have big days, and it's cool to have big days. But now I see, you know, thirty bushel go on the truck, forty bushel go on the truck on a really good day, and I think, oh man, now that's half the battle. Now and how how am I going to sell them? You know, I hope I have market for. 40 bushel crabs. So it's it, unfortunately that, you know, just the, 
you know, euphoria of having a big day now is a little different, but I definitely, there was definitely some days where I was feeling good about it, you know, before. And it's always cool, man. It's, it's a great feeling to be the underdog yeah. and to finally feel like you're, you know, having days that are, you know, that are, you know, wor- worthy of, you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, hauling counting. pots full of crabs up is probably a good feeling. I'll tell you what, man, there ain't no feeling like breaking a trap over that rail that's just, <laughs> man, big, full, nice, big crabs, especially when it's something like, you know, you, you went where you thought they were going to be and they were at work. They showed up or, you know, whatever. I mean, yeah. heaven's like chess, you know, they're migratory animals. And, you know, you, you always want to be, I always say, you want to be where they're at, where they're going to be and where, where they want to be, you know. Yeah. You're always kind of playing this game, and when it, when it works out, boy, is it ever, is it ever awesome? That, that's I still like, man. I, I love bailing traps over the rail, just full of nice, big, pretty, clean traps, full of nice, big, pretty crabs. Like there you go. There you that go. is really that no better feeling than that. So you've gone from a one man backyard operation to a pretty substantial business, three crew. Um, that's that's awesome. Where do you think you're going to go in the future? Uh, do you have any plans to expand? This is the way it is. What's no? What's I'd like to. I'd like to expand. You know, I'm, I always kind of have a little bit of a vision of where I want to go or what I want to do, and then I always kind of try to, like, you know, like obtain it in steps. You know what I mean? Kind of set your eyes on the next piece of your puzzle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Always what's the next piece. For me, you know, I, I would really like to do two things. I really like to kind of develop something more outside of crabbing that's like that it works alongside crabbing, kind of a brand that kind of or, or something like that that kind of works, um, you know, with the more with the social media end that also, you know, like I said, is works alongside the crabbing. But also in terms of the crabbing, I'd like to really expand my sales of crab uh, of crabs. You know, I, I bought a little lot in town, actually the next town over uh, a few years ago. And that's when I made the jump to selling all my own crabs. So I purchased a little land, a uh, little plot of land. And then I bought, I d- developed it a little bit. And then I put a, uh, you know, I got like a big refrigerated trailer. And so now, you know, I set up a roadside stand and I just take my roadside stand up there, set it up and sell out of the back of a trailer, yeah. which works great. Um, but, you know, I know my strengths and weaknesses, not all of them, obviously, but I know some of them and where I need help is in the sales side, just because it takes so much time and, you know, time's the most valuable thing you have. And there's a lot of things now with the social media that I can't designate to other people. You know what I mean? So I've been doing it all myself, which has honestly been completely burning me out. And uh, then you just kind of start to fall short on all areas. So Really where I'd like to go is figure out something better for my crab sales. And like I said, also develop something alongside of crabbing outside that's separate from crabbing. Yeah. I mean, that's gotta be a little daunting of a task. Um, what's the, what's the lifespan of a crab or the sales time of a crab once it's out of the pot. And then once it goes to the customer, how much time do you have? It all depends on how the crabs handled and basically what time of year it is. You know what I mean? So Crabs, you're catching at a little colder water, and it's a little cooler outside. They're going to live a lot better or a lot hardier. Summertime, I'm talking, you know, June, July, August, dude, those are the dog days. Everything fights you. Crabs do not live well out of water when it's hot. 
But I, I would say if you're looking for an average, I'd say five days out five of days. one. So Which is never, a decent shelf life. Yeah. But, you know, you got to consider I'm also selling just live seafood to people, you know, direct to people. So yeah. you, they're just all factors to consider. No, no, I know. I was just, I was thinking like wholesale, it's probably easy because you, you load them up. Now it's their problem, right? No, exactly. Now, now you're, now you're doing it yourself. Yeah. You can get better prices, but on the flip side, if you don't sell out, yeah, then it's kind of like, well, did I just waste all my time? Um, you know, essentially parting everything out. Right. Um, yeah. have you looked at like shipping or anything along those lines that could get you more distribution into a greater area versus that, that local, uh, niche that you have? Yeah. So I do actually offer shipping all over the country. Nice. Um, I work, I partner with a restaurant here in town called Jimmy's famous seafood. They're really good friends of mine. Uh, it's a pretty big restaurant. They have a, you know, very big following of their own and everything. Um, but they actually do ship crabs, so you can order them through a link that I have, and then I work with them to get my actual crabs to them, and they steam them, and then cool them down, ice them, pack them, and ship them same day. Oh, nice. So I do offer shipping. Um, you know, it's just, it's also a very niche product, you know? Yeah. Uh, most of the people that order from me are people in other states that uh, are from Maryland that are familiar with crabs. Yeah. I've also done a lot of work to kind of share crabs and how to eat them and this and that with, with everybody and make it really user friendly and easy so that, you know, anybody can try crabs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I also have a lot of people that just are fans, you know, they watch and then they want to order crabs. It's kind of like the ultimate deliverable, you know, <laughs> I, I do a, a lot of live streaming. So I live stream us crabbing oh, yeah. link in the lives, like in real time, I have a link in the live stream you can click and actually get those crabs. Uh, that's cool. That's yeah. a unique experience. So you, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. It's like farm to table uh, style, if you will. Exactly. You know, a lot of kind of what I try to promote locally here uh, within the industry is, um, you know, just advocating kind of for my industry and the people in it and, uh, you know, having a relationship with the people that catch your food and know where it comes from. You know, we live in a world where th there's a lot of separation between, your food and knowing the origin of it, you know, yeah. and yep. people want to know no, that's where cool. it comes from. So that's cool. So outside of crabbing, um, how do you unwind? What, what kind of hobbies do you have? Or is it just all, all crabbing all the time? I mean, in crab season, it's all crabs all the time right now. Um, you know, I start in, we start getting ready in March and usually I quit at the end of October this year. I quit a little early. I had a lot of stuff going on. Um, Unwinding is not something I'm good at. <laughs> you know, I, I'm more of a worker than a relaxer. Yeah. Uh, I like feeling like I'm getting stuff done, but I love hunting. You know, I love to fish. Unfortunately, most of the time during fishing season, I'm working. Yeah. Um, but I, I love to hunt. Um, so I do that any chance I can. You know, I love, I love building stuff. You know, I love creating stuff. So I like, uh, you know, I build furniture. I actually used to carve a lot of duck decoys. Yep. Uh, I did a lot of uh, ceramic sculpture actually as well. That's cool. Um, in the wintertime when you're shacked up, you know, uh, but I like to build stuff, build whatever, you name it, just any kind of DIY, you know, building anything I can think of. But yeah, I really like to hunt too. So the I like, like stuff, you know, buying and selling 
trucks and trailers, anything with a motor, dirt, yeah. you know, just that's kind of my hobby. Honestly, it always kind of has been yeah. tinkering with stuff and projects, whatever. Well, hell yeah. So this was awesome having you on. Um, I always love, uh, talking about our, our trades on the water. Um, you know, it's got a special place in my heart and, I. Uh, I miss the ocean every day. Spent like 40 years on the ocean just yeah. through the military and what have you. So it's cool. Um, but it's the end of the podcast. I want to give you an opportunity to plug where you are. Anybody wants to get some information, they can get it from you. Um, anybody wants to buy crabs or whatever, it, let them have it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you can find me on all the social medias. Uh, TikTok is my kind of where I started. Uh, it's, you can either search my name, Luke McFadden, but, but the handle is at FV Southern girl, which is fishing vessel, Southern girl, uh, YouTube, Luke McFadden. I'm really giving YouTube hell right now. I have Facebook, which is my name. Uh, also my business page where I post all my reels is FV Southern girl and Bodkin point seafoods. It's all the same page. Um, there's a lot of fake pages right now on me on Facebook. So look for the blue checks or, uh, you know, my business page, um, and Instagram, I have Instagram as well, you know, so that's, that's Luke underscore MCFAD McFad. My last name's McFadden. So, so if TikTok, FV Southern girl, Facebook, Bodkin point seafood, YouTube, Luke McFadden and Instagram, Luke McFadden, you could search Luke McFadden for Instagram too. And I do say, man, you guys send me stuff all the time, like the boots and the, the, uh, I actually just got a jacket in the mail um, and and the pants and the shorts. And I tell you what, I'm not kidding. Those are by far my favorite work clothes. And, <laughs> you, know, you know, everybody, you know, at, very, at, the, at the very, very beginning years ago when you guys started sending me stuff, I was like skeptical. But I tell you what, those things are like proven. And I wear them constantly all the time. If you look at my videos, I'm like, I have a brown pair of pants and I have a tan pair of shorts. And do they, they're, I can genuinely say they're loop proof like i break everything and those are really really good and i wear the uh the lace-up boots and i you guys also just sent me a set of the slip-on boots i'm going to start wearing this winter um but hey if you ever need to offload more of those pants man (laughs) those things those are genuinely really good products well i appreciate the plug there um yeah it's a great company to be a part of and and we're glad we can outfit the trades and and construction industries and um, glad to hear you're, you're happy with it. Yeah, man. And your marketing is top notch. You guys do a great job. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. This was again, awesome. Um, I enjoy watching your videos. So, uh, you know, if we can get your, your message out there, it's, it's definitely worth the content and the time spent. Um, you're inspiring. Thank you. Thank you, man. I really appreciate you having me on. It was really a pleasure. And as a special thanks to our loyal listeners, we're giving $10 off your next purchase of $60 or more at bruntworkwear.com. Use discount code BUCKETTALK10. That's BUCKETTALK10.